Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Harriet and I'm one of the PH Nutrition Coaches. Today I am joined by the lovely Chloe, Bex and Tom to discuss an important and relevant topic related to health and nutrition. Before we delve into the topic though, I would like each of the coaches to quickly introduce themselves and give us some background information about the type of clients they work with. Tom, would you like to start us off? I will indeed. Thanks Harriet, thanks for having me on. Uh, Yep, my name's Tom, performance nutritionist. I work with a broad range of clients from your everyday gym goers looking to just lose a few pounds, feel a bit fitter and stronger, all the way up to professional, semi-professional athletes, dancers, and everyone else in between. Fabulous. Chloe, do you want to go next? Hey guys. Yep. So I run the female performance project at PH Nutrition. So we actually focus on fueling girls for performance, getting enough food in, um, feeling their best energetically and throughout their training. So yeah, love it. Amazing. And last but not least, Bex. Hey guys. So I work predominantly with females, but a complete range of sort of reasons why they reach out from sort of your everyday person just looking to get healthier fitter maybe get the most out of their but also more performance focused and also looking at relationship with food and just working on that amazing thank you so much for sharing team i'm extremely excited to have this discussion today it's been something that's been on our list to discuss for a little while um, and something i know that we all feel quite strongly about so to introduce today's topic we're going to be discussing the impact of having calories now being placed on menus across the uk This law came in act within April, so only a couple of months ago, and it applies to a wide variety of businesses, um, specifically those who have 250 plus employees. This goes across cafes, restaurants, and also domestic travel places within the UK, such as trains and ferries. It's gained a lot of attention within the social media and public eye. Some individuals have raised concerns over the consequences the law has on particular subpopulations, whereas others argue that it may be beneficial in tackling the obesity epidemic. 
But today we're going to be opening up the discussion to the PH nutrition coaches. We're going to be delving into their thoughts and own perspectives of the law itself, their own client experiences and how they've been dealing with this with their clients, what they feel the pros and cons are, and also discussing what they feel the government could have done better in tackling this particular public health problem. So without further ado, let's get ourselves into today's discussion. So team, to begin with, as I said, it sparked a lot of kind of worry and anger in particular groups. And I would really like to know what your initial thoughts and feelings were as a personal, uh, like as an individual, but also kind of collectively, what your thoughts and feelings are when you first heard this law come out. So Bex, would you like to start us off? Absolutely. So I think when I first saw it come out, very mixed feelings and thoughts. I thought, okay, this is very interesting. It's good that something is being done here. I think definitely pros and cons were coming to mind. I'd probably say that actually more cons initially were coming to mind than pros. And I think mainly just looking, like thinking more into it, this isn't solving the problem and it's not getting to the root of the problem. But I do think, yes, there are, you know, some positives to take and clearly something is being done here or trying to be done. So that is a positive. Great. Thanks for sharing. And Tom and Chloe, what are your kind of thoughts and feelings towards the law? Yeah, sorry. Well, okay. Initially, like my initial thought was when I first heard about it, it was initially, okay, this is a good thing just because it's an awareness of how much you know, energy there is in a food. Obviously, it doesn't give you any more information than just the calorie amount. So it's very limited in how much information we're actually getting. But I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday, and we were actually saying that for people that are very aware of their calorie intake, it's useful. And that's kind of like a base, a base thing that I initially thought of. But again, with Bex, there are there are a lot of cons, and there are a lot of pros, it's actually quite difficult to kind of make a decision on whether it's like a good or a bad thing but I think as a general awareness it's very useful but there's there's so much more to be done here and I think the education is is so much more important than just kind of chucking a calorie number on and I think as we'll probably delve into like it doesn't just giving calorie target doesn't really actually give us much more information or education so yeah Yeah, certainly. I think a lot of people are sitting on the pedal stool with this one. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of delve a little bit deeper into this discussion. And Tom, how about you? What are your thoughts and feelings? This is a tricky one. If I'm being really honest, personally, I think it will support and empower definitely myself and my partner as a prime example. We've already found that just Google searching um, a restaurant menu of somewhere that we were going to go for dinner we were quite mortified to see like how many meals were above 1,000, 1,200 calories, etc. And it, it just at least just is very insightful in, into what is, you know, on, on the menu. From a strategy point of view, you know, from a, from a government point of view, I know we'll probably go into this in a bit more detail, but I just I don't think necessarily, like Beck said, it, it maybe solves the problem. Is there more things that could be done from a restaurant point of view, from a government point of view, that actually, rather than just labelling calories on the menu, is there other things that could be labelled on the menu that might help people, like protein or five a day or high fibre? Or is it a collective effort to try and to bring down the amount of calories that are on restaurant menus You know, overall, yeah, having more healthier dishes, having better alternatives so that people can still eat out without the kind of all or nothing 
Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of discrepancies within the law itself and it seems a little unclear as to who or who the law actually applies to. The main kind of asset is being that it's large businesses who have 250 plus employees. So it really leaves that question, well, what about the smaller businesses? But as you've mentioned there, there are some positives there. We've got the kind of building awareness and being a bit more mindful about the choices we're, we're having. I guess before we kind of move on to like the pros, were there anything else that Bex and Chloe you wanted to add, like regarding about how you personally feel about it, the law coming into place as well? I think like I, I've, I can kind of see it from two ways, because like personally, as having struggled with relationship with food in the past, I can see a bit of resistance if you go out for if you go out for food and you see like a big chunk of calories on the menu mm-hmm. on something you thought you were going to have. And then perhaps you feel a little bit a little bit hot like awful about maybe having that much food or that, that the many calories I can see that being an issue but then also personally I because I'm currently in a bodybuilding prep I have a day a week where I can go out for food and I have a calorie allowance mm. so for me the fact I can go out and I can look and be like oh that fits in my calorie allowance I can go out for meals with friends is like a massive thing for me like especially when you're on a bit of a diet and you're being fairly restrictive in the week and obviously this isn't like a jump, you know, everything, something for everyone to do. But personally, in my goals, it's been very useful and it means I can go out for food with friends occasionally. So on a personal level, it's it's pretty useful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's really interesting to see the different perspectives, especially as you said, perhaps previously it might have been slightly more triggering for you. But now you're in a particular prep phase. It means actually it's almost an advantage to you having this and allowing yourself to go and enjoy yourself. So, yeah, thank mm. you so much for sharing. And Bex, did you have any kind of like personal opinions about it and how it's kind of, uh, you know, applied to you? I I I personally quite like it. I I do think like Tom said it has it has surprised me in quite a few situations. I'll look at something and go, "Hold up, is that actually right?" which I think we'll talk about in a bit as well on the accuracy of it. But as a whole, I do I do quite like it. It has made me it hasn't ever sort of changed my order or what I want, but it has made me more aware for example I was out with a group of friends and you know sometimes you don't really want a starter and a main because you don't have two meals at home but sometimes if everyone else is ordering a starter you kind of feel like oh I'll just order a starter too and I was quite blown away with like all of the starters were over 500 calories 600 calories then you're kind of thinking I don't really want this I'm kind of ordering it because everyone else is so I do yeah I think it's a good I like it personally yeah perfect again thank you guys for being so open and honest about it but I guess obviously there are these positives and perhaps we can maybe start off actually with the cons first and then go back to to what we actually think the positives are so we've all said that there are some advantages to this but actually as we said there's certain populations that actually this may be quite a consequence for and it can be quite challenging when it comes to picking foods off menus and can be quite detrimental to their health so what do we think are kind of the main, let's say, negatives and maybe what we've heard from other people? Why are people disliking this law and, and you know, what does it mean to them as well? Would anyone like to start us off there? Yeah, yeah, I'll go if anybody else is happy for me to go. Mm-hmm. I think it simplifies nutrition to calories. I think Chloe might have said this, but sometimes, you know, food that is more nutrient dense can be a little bit higher in calories. But that's not always a bad thing. You know, think about things like nuts and seeds or you might see, you know, smashed avocado on toast. You might see, 
you know, you know, peanut but- uh, chicken satay with peanut butter. You know, all of these foods are important sources of nutrition. And particularly if we're trying to maybe eat a little bit more of a varied diet, if we're trying to eat a little bit more plant based, you know, just simplifying nutrition to down to a choice of yes or no based upon the calorie value may often lead us to, let's say, miss out on enjoying, let's say, a wider variety of foods, foods that are nutriently dense and good for us and are actually going to fill us up rather than I had an occasion where a client said, I'm going to go out for lunch, I've looked at the menu and I'm having the, the you know, the salad that's got it was about 380 calories in it. And I just said to, the, to this lady, I was like, is that actually going to fill you up? How are you going to feel a couple of hours later? You're better off having a more satiating meal that might be five, 600, 700 calories even if you want it, but you're not going to end up overeating later in the day. So I don't think calories, you know, like I say, as one indication on a menu gives you a, a black or white yes or no answer to should you be eating that food. Yeah, definitely. Chloe, you want something? Yeah, yeah I agree with, I think, Tom, that, that point on people choosing less calories because they think that's the right thing to do. That's something that's actually come up with quite a lot of my clients since this law came into effect. I know Bex does as well, but like I work with a lot of people that do have kind of like relationship with food you know, issues and have various thoughts around how much they're eating and what they're eating. And, you know, I've, I've got one client and she went out with her daughter and her daughter said, oh, is the aim to eat the least calories on the menu? And it's it's like we're kind of, you know, maybe are we, there's no context around it. Are we maybe teaching people to, to not eat a certain amount of food? And as Tom said, it doesn't tell us what's in the food. I think it can be quite, people aren't, choosing to kind of eat less or it might be you know a little bit triggering for some people if they're if they're trying perhaps you know you've got someone that's had some issues with eating certain foods before and they go out and they see a see a meal that they'd actually quite like to have but maybe it's 800 calories and then they choose not to and it kind of sends them in the wrong direction I think it's just you know and obviously the education to when it was my client's daughter she's young and she doesn't maybe she doesn't really understand the education around food and she just thinks she should be eating less and obviously that's not you know great habits to form so yeah it's the the amount um that can be a bit of an issue there can't it yeah definitely and i think as you said like that that quality of food is just as important and the calories unfortunately are are kind of what seems to be stressed by the government a lot of the time and i think within the the guidelines of the law all of the or the the recommended calorie intake is based on the 2000 rda so recommended daily allowance And as we all know, as nutrition coaches, everyone is very unique and each plan we create is very personalized. So, you know, placing the 2000 calorie on the menu can be, again, very controversial because that's not going to be everyone's daily calorie need. Um, Bex, did you want to add anything to that at all? Just touching on that there, I think for a lot of people, those that don't have the education and lack the knowledge they will just think that, oh, I'd need 2,000 calories. They won't know any different. So, yeah, it can, that can then be extremely misleading. I think also, you know, if someone reads that and says, oh, okay, I need 2,000 calories, well, I'll save up my 2,000 calories for dinner and have it all, you know, for dinner because I want a starter, a main, and a dessert, and a drink, and that's all going to make 2,000 calories. And then you've got the not eating all day just to consume those 2000 calories in the evening but I think from what I've kind of heard and seen as Chloe and Tom have both said a lot of people just think that it's all about less the smallest amount of calories on the menu and I've seen an example where you've got 
for example, going out for brunch and you want the avocado and eggs on toast. But of course, avocado, eggs, maybe there's some seeds on top there, a little drizzle of olive oil. Of course, that's going to be higher in calories, but very a very nutrient-dense meal that's going to keep you feeling full and it's going to provide you a lot of good nutrients there. But then you might look at a bacon butty and go, oh, well, that's half the calories. I'll go for that. So yeah, I think it's without the education alongside, it's it can be extremely challenging for a lot of people that don't really understand calories and nutrition. Yeah, definitely. And you also mentioned previously about kind of the actual accuracy of the calories that are being presented on the menu and how this is kind of regulated. Again, it's kind of very, it's a bit of a gray area from the report that I read as to how this is actually being regulated, because in larger chain companies, perhaps they have select measurements or select like dishes already made, whether it be packaged or unpackaged. But then for smaller businesses, even if they've got 250 employees, they could be making the food from scratch. And are they really weighing out the foods? Are they creating like specific meals based on macros? So, I mean, have we got any kind of thoughts or anything else we wanted to expound on that particular comment? Yeah, I think with the the accuracy, you're so right. Like is, is, if you go out for a meal, especially somewhere where everything's made fresh and they've got the calories in the menu, like I highly doubt that the chef is weighing out every single meal as he goes along when it's, you know, a busy period of time, especially like eight o'clock on a Saturday night. They're not going to be weighing out every individual portion, are they? Um, and like you mentioned how with reports and stuff, like it's there's a lot of information or well, there's a lot of information, but it's quite hard to find the actual specifics and the, and the law on this. But uh, in terms of the accuracy, I think it looks like it's got about 20% out is the allowance. And, you know, 20% out is the allowance. However, how much more could it actually be if we're actually, you know, weighing things out and stuff? And I mean, if you have a meal that's, you know, 500 calories and it's 20% out, it could be 300 calories. It could be 700 calories. So we don't actually really know. We're just kind of throwing numbers out and you know what kind of effect is that having if you just throw out a 700 calorie number and and someone sees that and it's actually completely different what kind of effect does it have on someone yeah definitely do we we know who's responsible for producing the information because i that's what i still don't understand is it on the restaurant to calculate the numbers or do they send their menu off and someone calculates it Good question. I'm not sure from from what I'm aware, there are particular, from what I've read so far, there are some more regulations coming into place whereby there's more analytics that are going to be placed or or essentially restaurants will be able to kind of send off or will have access to analytic uh, systems whereby they can input their food a a bit like kind of Nutritics, MyFitnessPal, but on a more advanced level, they they say. Um, But at the moment, I I don't actually think there's too much regulation. I actually asked a friend who works within a food marketing place and I said, you know, what, what has the government done for you in terms of providing support? And she said, quite frankly, there's not been any resources, anything sent out to us. We've just had to go onto the government website and uh, try and deal with it ourselves. So I don't know if that's different in other places, but based on what my friend said, who's working in like food and marketing, um, yeah, there's not much going on in terms of help and support. Because it's it's quite a big thing, you know, if, if you've got if the team that take the menu, if they calculate all the numbers and they have very limited knowledge themselves on nutrition, there could be some major errors there and they aren't actually, you know, aware that there could be errors 
errors before they you'd like to think a larger company would have a a food and beverage team that has a nutritionist dietitian as part of their setup when they're creating um, restaurant you know menus things like that years and years ago I worked for a company called Whitbread this is back in my, my younger days when I was a barman etc and you know so we used to go to like head office for for menu launches and tastings and see all the workings of how they basically from from ingredients create a menu that then gets distributed around nationally so I think they are definitely higher up with big companies I think there's probably processes in place that I'd imagine it's fairly accurate you know in inverted commas um but mm. like say actually mm. we're, we're we're just taking it as a face value that oh it, it says 850 calories it could be 700 it could be a thousand but you just i guess it's like anything it's like any barcode or in any packaging isn't it you, there's always going to be a little bit of leeway that you've just kind of got to go with it a little bit i don't know if that's the right answer but maybe like say over time as this builds out and there is more support there for restaurants and things that they can have a have a better better quality system that hopefully gives a better accuracy to the consumers who are, who are out there. Maybe that's like a positive thing as well. Like looking at it from that perspective that we can, you know, obviously like there's, there's a lack of education here in general, but it's, it's a start. And it means that if we are starting with this, at least perhaps it is going to make people more aware. And if restaurants are going to be, you know, they've started with this, and it is going to get more and perhaps more detailed as we go through. Perhaps it is a start to something bigger. Like if, you know, if based on kind of what Tom said there might be a start to something. Yeah, definitely. I read in um, an article this morning that actually, in some respects, they're trying to target the food outlets. So the, the food production companies and actually make them and encourage them to reduce the calorie content of certain foods. Um, again, that has its pros and its cons. But, you know, if we think about those large change fast foods companies, you know, if people aren't going for those high calorie products that might be slightly more expensive as well in some respects, um, you know, what can they do to change it so it becomes more profitable for them? And if it means reducing the calorie content or making it more nutrient dense, then I think that's kind of a strategy or a kind of lane they're trying to or pathway they're trying to look down to think, okay, like how can we look at this a population level instead of just focusing on individuals? Yeah, you. I mean, we'd like to think that hopefully restaurants will start to become more aware and then make tweaks to their menus. I was reading an article um, that mentioned about some restaurants have been giving out the calories for years and one that was mentioned was spoons and spoons have had the calories on their menus for years and years and you think you know spoons breakfast is I don't actually know but probably yeah, it's not good well over a thousand <laughs> calories for a mm-hmm. full English breakfast no, <laughs> yet they you know nothing has changed over the years it's not affected yeah. clearly not affected what people have chosen to eat at spoons and it's for them clearly they haven't made any adjustments on that uh, but yeah we'd like to think that hopefully restaurants will become more aware and then provide more I'm going to I'm going to um I'm going to go yeah, against the grain so a little true. bit here so now. And this is kind of it's not an argument for a for a pro there being calories on menus, but I was looking at some statistics that eating out is on the rise. So according to this research in 2014, mm-hmm. 75% uh, of people said they had eaten out or bought a takeaway at least once a week, which is compared to 65% in 2010, so in the space of 4 years. So where that might be now, I imagine is probably even higher because I, I don't know 
what you ladies experience, but my town centre that used to be full of shops is now just full of restaurants, bars, coffee shops, and we eat out far more than we used to. Where you used to go out maybe like on payday once a month, maybe twice a month, it seems really regular now. It's a very social thing to do, isn't it? You meet your friends for brunch, like Beck said. You go out for dinner and drinks. You know, I only have to come into London and end up spending a fortune because, you know, I go coffee shop for this. I go evening meal there. You grab a, you know, it's a very social thing to do. But you, we are very naturally going to overconsume mm. the more we eat out. I think that the research said that you consume at least 250 calories more than you would eating at home. So is it actually more onus on us to actually try and eat out less you know try and save money try and get a bit more in spend a bit more time cooking at home does that come down to a a more of an educational factor in terms of people are lazy they don't know how to cook so what do they do they go out or they order something off delivery yeah that's that's so true Tom I only just went out this morning to get my coffee and sandwich so I'm definitely sitting in that boat as well but yeah, it's it's a really tricky one, as you said. And I think the more that we are exposed to, you know, restaurants, cafes, and as you said, like when you're in London, whew, there's one like every every other shop. Um, it, it can be difficult to make that decision. But as you said, it's thinking about like the, the preparation and also what we can do. What are we responsible for when it comes to our own health and well-being? Chloe or Bex, did you have anything to say on that at all? I mean, it comes it comes down to the root of the problem I thought we might talk about this later but Mm -hmm. it comes down to the root of the problem of why are we experiencing such high numbers of overweight and obesity and you know one of the biggest leading factors there is the accessibility of food and Mm. years and years ago we didn't have the accessibility of these you know processed foods that we have everywhere now it's so easy just to grab grab percy pigs every time i fill up with petrol (laughs) but also i think probably post lockdown and covid a lot of people wanted to make the most of being able to just go out and meet friends and and go for brunch go for lunch go for dinner and really making the most of that because they couldn't when we were in lockdown yeah definitely i think that's obviously a, a slight con there. And I think we've, we've kind of spoken about the pros here and we've said like, you know, there are some benefits, but also what, what do we think are kind of some of more of the cons of this law and kind of the regulation itself coming into place? Is there anything else we can think of? Well, of, of course, you know, the one of the biggest cons is going to be those that are ev- either living with an eating disorder now or have had a history of eating disorders in the past or even just disordered eating I think you know for a lot of people living with an eating disorder now simply going out to a restaurant can be an extremely hard stressful situation so to then be faced with a menu with calories can make that even more overwhelming even more stressful so of course those are the people we're thinking of straight away when when I think of the cons yeah definitely yeah I would I would say from a personal perspective, having had some disordered eating in the past, there's been a couple of times I've been out for food and I've looked at the menu and I've been like, I can't have anything on this menu. And it's like, that's that's the way your thought process works when you see all these calories on there. So yeah, def- it, that's um, like 100%, you know. And I know... I was just going to say, is it is it is it Wagamama that 
does um, where you can ask for the menu without calories. Is there any other restaurants that do that as well? Because I know they were the one of the first ones to go. Yeah, there's a few, I think. So that's there? what I was going to say. That That is actually a requirement that they produce a menu without the calories on. And that is to cover those people that, it, you know, it could be a trigger for. But for someone that is living with an eating disorder, in my opinion, that it's going to be even worse having to go into the restaurant and ask for a different menu because then they're mm. going to feel even, you know, even more isolated to actually have to then ask for a completely separate menu. Someone did suggest to me, I thought this was quite a good idea that it's you get a QR code and then you just you can select which menu without sort of having to ask for something completely separate for yeah that's quite a good idea I've heard a couple of other people make that suggestion I think now with technology kind of improving that would be quite a clever and sensible way forward did anyone else have any thoughts on that at all no Okay, well, I guess the, you know, there's a couple of other questions that we had and written down. And one of them, which I think we've kind of discussed anyway, but feel free to add is kind of what our clients' opinions have been. I know, Bex, this morning you put onto your story that you were doing this podcast and you wanted to know people's opinions. Did anyone respond back and what kind of thoughts and feelings did they have towards it? Yeah, so we had a complete, a complete mix of responses. And actually, when it first came out, I did put it on my story as well to see how every what everyone's thoughts were around it complete 50 50 some saying you know really negative things a lot of people saying i love them i mean i can read out a few i think that might be quite nice if i read out mm-hmm. a few so someone mentioned the qr code think they should be available but only by qr code that you can choose to look at if you want brilliant idea allows people to go out and enjoy meal, meals with friends whilst tracking calories so that's obviously someone who has you know specific goals and that might be something really beneficial for them Mm -hmm. it's an eye-opener for me I really like them massively inaccurate and encourage reductionistic thinking around food and nutrition I feel both positive as I'm trying to eat more so I can aim for the higher calorie but negative because I'm coming out of eating restrictively and look straight at the lower calorie rather than going for a meal I fancy and actually want so again that's something we've touched on there it's so interesting i think it's valuable we need to know what we're putting in our bodies it's educational the people powerful enough to make the changes may not be knowledgeable in this area alas noise is being made and the government are trying to help the public make more informed choices right which is true yeah. at the end of the day they are you know this is a mm. step in the right direction. I, I think you're right i think you're right so- yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, something, something has to be done. I think we are all in agreement of that. Like, I've, I've spent time working on an NHS funded program for weight management, and the, the cost to the NHS in 2020 on obesity was £6.5 billion. £6.5 billion. Now, I don't want to paint everyone who suffers uh, with obesity or type 2 diabetes wow. with the same brush, but there is work that can be done to surely reduce the amount that is spent. We can probably all agree with that. Is is calories on the menu the answer? It's probably not. I think we're in agreement there. But like Beck said, it, it, you know, we are at a point where we've got to do something and people are eating out more and potentially we don't want people to eat out less. That mm. might affect people's jobs and those people that we've all mentioned of that we know work in this industry. We don't want them not to have jobs. And eating out is good, right? Like it's social, it's fun, it's... We all do birthdays and Christmases and office parties and stuff, and we don't want to sit at home and do that. 
But that mm. often when we go out, there's, we overeat. Yeah. So we've got to do something. It's a step. Is it the right step? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But it'd be interesting to look at the data in four or five years' time, see potentially what else might be in the pipeline, and then look at what's happening. Because, like I say, you, you've, they've got to, the government have got to do something or at least seem to be doing something because the statistics and the cost that it's putting on the NHS is absolutely mm. astronomical. Yeah, I think as well, like on that point, I think we were saying about this earlier, weren't we, Tom? Like we have a lot of clients who say to us, oh, well, I eat really healthy, but I just don't know why I'm putting on weight. And when they say healthy, yes, they are eating lots of nutrients like we, you know, we were saying about avocado on toast and eggs and things like that. People don't people go out for food. They don't realize how calorie dense those healthy foods are. And then they overeat them. There is a bit of a thing with like overeating perhaps food that is marketed as healthy. It is it is healthy. But obviously, if you're in a calorie surplus, you're going to gain weight. Mm. And we're going to, you know, be leading into that kind of obesity area if we are continually eating in a surplus. So it just gives people awareness that they're going out and they're saying, oh, well, I'm having the healthy option, which is a salad with like olive oil and salmon and avocado. And it's like, yes, it's very nutrient dense, but it could be 800 calories. And if you're having three of them, you know, every every couple of days or however you're eating, if you're if you are living in London, you're going out for all your meals and you're eating those those kind of meals all the time and you're eating healthy, you might be in a surplus. And yes, you might be gaining weight and not realizing why. Yeah, no, definitely. I 100% agree with you. As you said, like the foods that they might be having are healthy for them. But if they're consuming higher, higher amounts of it, then yes, they will be in that calorie surplus. And circling back onto what Tom said as well, I think, yes, the government have to be seen to doing things. And there was a review of the law itself. And I know that in the US, it was uh, actually made mandatory in 2018, that calories needed to be presented on menus. And from that itself, it seems to have had some positive impacts on the reduction of kind of high calorie products being purchased and also has reduced food outlets from producing high calorie products. But at the end of the day, like there's so much more to just the calories itself. So I guess from that point of view and and kind of moving on to our, our kind of final question here is what do we really feel the government could have done better or what needs to be put in place to make sure that we are tackling this public health problem in the most appropriate and safe manner possible? For me, there, there are two big areas. I think education is one and the other is, you know, food accessibility and marketing and advertising. I think you go into any shop, any supermarket, and you are bombarded with processed foods in front of you. There is just so much available now. You you look every end of every aisle in a supermarket is offers on your processed, high in sugar, high in saturated fat foods. And it's just the way it is that you get drawn into those and sucked in. And before you know it, you've got a basket full of things that you didn't actually really want in the first place because we just fall for those offers and so I think you know that's an area that they need to look at into more is actually just the advertising and marketing and I guess if you look at like smoking for example that's the route they used right is the advertising and the marketing so is that not evident that maybe that's the route we you know they need to focus put more attention on yeah, no, really, really good point. Yeah, I think, Tom, did you want to again, add to that, that as well? 
I don't know whether the government's just being lazy. I don't want to just sit here and bash the government. Um, how, you know, be a lot of fun. I, I know that they've tried to do things with junk food adverts, haven't they? Moving them after the watershed or nine o'clock or something. I mean, I'm, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I'm assuming most kids are, are yeah. probably in bed after nine o'clock anyway. So again, I think that's quite lazy. I'm only going to speak from experience. I use Tesco for all our groceries, all our shopping. They took away junk food from the checkouts. So now when you go to the checkouts, it's stuff that fills the, the more healthy quota. They do lots of deals on fruit and veg, lots of deals on seasonal fruit and veg, which keeps me very happy. And they've partnered with Jamie Oliver, who I'm a big, you know, all that turkey Twizzler business when I was at school. I remember all of that. But again, you know, he does simple recipes that you that you can get the ingredients from Tesco. There's lots of cards in store where you can pick up, you can go around. So I think people are trying, but I don't know what it was like when you guys went to school. But when I went to school, like food tech was like learn how to cook some chocolate muffins and, and chop up a fruit salad. Like there was no proper education around like proper yes. food, like for example like five a day or fiber or protein and maybe these are the things that like i say that could be added onto menus you know there could be a recommendation that if, if a restaurant has an x number of employees maybe it's more than 250 maybe it's 500 that you you have to have a certain percentage of your of your meals that include five a day or a certain percentage of your meals that are high fiber or high protein or 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 a more plant-based options or just something that again that it's not all about calories yes or no but it's it's giving people a better education rather than beck said this just noise and bombardment of offers junk food you know because i just see kids that are just addicted to anything that's artificial and sugary so yeah i I think hopefully there's going to be a shift we'll just have to wait and see on on the data and what happens yeah definitely totally agree on that tom and that i think something that would help massively is for kids to just learn doesn't need to be learning about calories for example but actually just learning how what is a healthy diet and how to actually cook healthy nutritious meals at home because if if more of us are wanting to go out I know from a fact you know with a lot of clients that a lot of clients don't enjoy cooking and they don't know how to cook a nutritious healthy meal so actually if it was mandatory at school to because I know home ec for, for us at school wasn't a mandatory subject. They didn't, you didn't have to do it. So maybe it's something actually in schools they need, just need to start teaching kids how to cook a healthy, nutritious yeah, definitely. I think, as you've both said, like the education is key there. And then thinking further afield, where our food supplies come from, such as the supermarkets, I know that there's now uh, more food regulation or more laws that are coming into place in the next year with supermarkets, whereby, as Tom's mentioned, there's not going to be those impulse buys at the end of checkouts. They won't be able to sell the kind of two for one or deals on junk food. It'd be interesting to see what they define as junk food. But there are certainly some regulations being put into place in the next couple of years to make sure that happens. So, again, hopefully we will see some change there. Chloe, did you have anything to say on this and in terms of what you feel the government could be doing better or differently? I No, I agree 100% with the education. Like, that's where it has to start. And from when you're younger, you, you just... I, I mean, I remember, like, not really not really knowing what protein was like even just starting with that is just so simple like and it's not you know that's the kind of education we need to be giving and it needs to be from a young age and not just you know a couple of because there's a lot of subjects that are 
a lot more important when you're an adult and you don't realize that you had you have no clue how to do certain things as an adult that you wish you'd known as a kid but like not just one lesson it needs to be a subject and it needs to be something that's taught mm. to kids and in a way that they're going to understand and be able to make as they grow up like changes to their own diets I mean when I was when I was a kid I was quite overweight but I had no idea what what I was eating and what impact it had on my weight at all and obviously when you're a teenager and you know you need to kind of like start making your own decisions around food it's you need to have that education to be able to make informed choices so yeah it has to start it has to start with education yeah, definitely agree on all of us education is key and Chloe uh, Beck sorry did you want to add to that yeah just on that Chloe kind of what you were saying then do this is a question for everyone I guess do you think a child growing up and let's say getting to 18 and not having the knowledge on what a healthy diet is and not knowing how to cook like home cooked good food nutritious food do you think who do you think is to blame do you think that is the education system or do you think that's the family and their upbringing the kids upbringing Wow, big question there, Bex. Oh, Tom, mm, I feel like again, you've got something to say on this one. I can't experience because I'm not a parent. <laughs> but in my mind, when me and my fiancé hopefully have a family at some point, I would like to think it is our responsibility to ensure that our kids you know, know what is healthy because kids learn from what they see and experience around them. And a lot of that comes from home, isn't it? You know, so I think it's really important. I feel like I have a responsibility as a parent to teach my kids about what's good food. You can have as much as you like of this and these types of foods. These types of foods, we're going to have some of it every now and then and stay away from these completely. Do you know what I mean? Something as simple as that. Like say, they don't have to know about calories. They don't necessarily have to know about protein, but just getting kids to eat more colourful food, getting kids involved in, in cooking and baking because... I think, like I say, I remember leaving home at 18 and suddenly, like, first night away from home, I was like, I've got to make dinner. And I cook, and I had a microwave meal because I didn't know how to cook. So for me, like, I want my kids to, to leave home knowing, like, let's cook a meal because it, it's cheaper, right? And everyone's worried about the cost of living at the minute. And if you can, like say, cook more at home with more nutrient-dense food that's good for you, you're less likely to eat out and potentially less likely to gain weight. Yeah, certainly. I agree. But I would also put in the fact that unless our, for example, parents are educated around nutrition, i.e. via education, I think it's going to be extremely challenging. And I think that the, fir the first thing is to make sure that this education is, is inputted within the curriculum. And then it's going to take a couple of generations for us to actually start implementing this kind of like nutrition talk and this healthy eating and being more mindful. So I definitely think it stems from the education system needs to change. It needs to implement this kind of like food tech as a kind of mandatory place in the curriculum itself. But also, as you said, from like a parent's point of view, we are responsible for looking after our children. Um, but unless we have that education and knowledge, then it's going to be really point, difficult to instill that within our children as well. I think then, you know, like antenatal classes, I, I, I'm not sure what information is provided. But if there is no information being given out then on nutrition, of course a lot of parents wouldn't know where to start or what to do so maybe that's an area that they there could be more focus on offering workshops and classes on actually how to you know bring your child up with a nice healthy varied diet 
Yeah, 100%. It starts from from the baby. As soon as you give birth, that's when they're your responsibility and even beforehand. So yeah, definitely that's a really valid point, just looking outside of the education system as well and what we can do. Amazing. Another thing that I just quickly wanted to ask, and it was just something that was mentioned in a review and a slight proposal was obviously the calories are on the menu, but what would people's thoughts be if instead of just calories, they almost use like a traffic light system on on the food. So they included the macronutrients as well as the calories on the menus um, as a way of kind of, again, just improving that knowledge around what is in that food. What are our thoughts on that? I think with the traffic light system, I think if you're associating red with a food and you assume that it's a bad food, mm. that again, it's kind of, it relates back to that kind of like relationship with food thing. I think having the macros actually is, is very useful because then people can be aware of their protein intake when they go out for meals and things like that. But I think maybe like rating foods, like I know that because they do that at the moment on packages, don't they? They have like things in red and things in green. And I know it kind of like it could be a bit of a thing if you see a food in red and you instantly go, oh, my God, that's a bad food. I can't have that. So that might kind of be an issue there. But I think in general, just having macros is would be useful, to be honest. But I think on that point, macros would only be useful for people that understand nutrition because it's still if you don't understand what a calorie is you're not going to know what a macro is yeah so so valid that's kind of one of the thoughts i I thought when i read it i think like tom said even fiber and sugar maybe might be more beneficial than just putting carbs fats and proteins yeah no definitely I, i definitely agree with those points and i guess was there anything else anyone wanted to add on that point or any other questions we had to each uh, other I, I, i've just got a question actually let's let's flip it back on on all of us we've got a, say we've got a client sends us a message uh, it's thursday today when we're recording mm-hmm. this dear coach insert name here i'm going out at the weekend i'm going to a branded restaurant here's the menu because they've done their research boom they drop it in your should i focus on calories or should I just eat out and enjoy what I want? Now, I know that's a very broad question and the client could be anybody, but as nutrition coaches, what potential advice might we give to a client who would come to us asking about calories? So I'll I'll jump in first. I, all my clients will know this because I get asked this a lot. I am a firm believer of going out and enjoying yourself and if you're going out for dinner you the priority should be enjoyment you know making memories having that time with friends and family that is so much more important than am I going to go over my calories for today now obviously if um, you have very specific goals you need to bear calories in mind and your overall intake in mind and you know if you're like if you're an athlete and you know you're being really on it with your nutrition leading up to a competition or something like that of course you need to be aware but I always say my response is always have something that you actually want that you're going to enjoy because if you don't you'll come home and you'll likely go and buy a tub of ice cream or something else because you're not satisfied and you're you know you're not full up and I'm, I'm such a pro of having a good relationship with food and I think it's so important to enjoy those situations because otherwise you're going to associate going out for a meal with negative thoughts. Love it. Amazing. Anyone else? Yeah, I 
I was just going to say I wholeheartedly agree with Bexa. I think I had this situation actually last weekend with a client who'd said, you know, I've gone out or I've had a couple of days, you know, and I feel like I've jumped off track and it's because they'd gone out and eaten a meal. And again, it was just reminding them that actually, you know, it's there's more to life than just focusing on calories and being obsessed with trying to lose weight and, and feel good about ourselves. And part of feeling good about ourselves is mentally feeling good. And as Beck said, we want to make sure that every client we work with is enjoying that process and wants to adhere and follow to kind of that process as a lifelong kind of achievement instead of just seeing it as a short term quick fix. Well, I think we have all had a really brilliant discussion. I guess before I wrap things up, team, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Did you have any other questions or any kind of closing points? All I would say, I think Chloe's going to say. I think moral of the story is go out and go out and have a really yummy meal at a restaurant and enjoy it. Yeah, for me, (laughs) uh, nutrition's about averages. So just remember that. How does this one meal look in the context of your week? If it is something that you do on a more regular occasion, let's say you're you know, a bit of a social butterfly, you're going out more often, and perhaps you're in a position where you're not making the progress that you'd like to see, then obviously this is a potential tool in your nutritional toolbox that you can use by using calories on the menu, etc. I would just say if you're going out with friends, you just you don't know what other people's experiences and expectations are with food and calories as well you might not know about a friend or a client or a partner's relationship with food so just be aware that they might want to do something differently to you uh, and that's that's absolutely okay isn't it so just yeah be mindful of others but like i say enjoy that social situation enjoy your time with friends and remember yeah everything in moderation all about averages is key uh wise words from the man himself thank you so much tom and thank you so much chloe and bex for joining into the conversation today it's been really lovely uh learning what your thoughts are on this particular law and also seeing what our clients are thinking and how we've been dealing with it if you've enjoyed this episode please remember to like comment subscribe and follow to our channels please feel free to leave us a review and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Have a great day and we'll see you later on. Bye. Bye team. Bye guys. Thank you. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.